Carpets and coffee. Hello. Number 51. <laughs> What's going on, guys? Oh, man. Drinking some sludge. <laughs> How are you? A lot. Oh, we got, we got a lot to talk about today? All right. Well, a lot to talk about and a lot that we probably don't want to talk about. <laughs> Use this time to clear our minds of the chaos. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, yeah. it's very true. Very true. Um, yeah. So uh, what are we drinking? I'm still drinking ahead, the, same, uh, the same coffee that Brian sent from uh, Seattle as last week. It's... It's good, and I don't drink coffee every day, so it's still around. I make it last. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I obviously, as always, am not drinking afternoon coffee, but this morning I had a uh, Guatemalan light roast. It was very, very good. I didn't bring the bag over here. It's in the kitchen, but (laughs) another (laughs) Pete's blend. There's just always a Pete's nearby, man, so I don't know yeah. when I'm going to try something else. <laughs> That's the way to go. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I was telling Riley before we started, I, I got this new coffee called, um, the company's called Relevator. And mm. um, I've heard of that. Uh, yeah. They're, they're, it's, it's actually, they're from uh, bringing, uh, Alabama. And um, I think the thing I like about it, there's no bells and whistles. It's just a really, really good Dark roast, regular, you know, coffee. No, no you know, monkey you know, business. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just straight coffee. It's uh, the nine to five house blend. It's uh, really good, really good. So, Excellent. I highly recommend it. Yeah, but I am so, not drinking coffee at the moment either. But I bought uh, this like coffee substitute drink thing that i was thinking about potentially using to quit coffee because i'm a slave slave to the bean and i have anxiety (laughs) (laughs) but what i've ended up doing is i just drink two cups coffee in the morning and then i drink the coffee substitute in the afternoon so (laughs) (laughs) i'm drinking both right it's like this like worse black tea like chai with a bunch of different mushrooms in it and you like blend it up it's pretty good but it didn't replace coffee it just is an additional level of caffeine and beverage habit (laughs) gotcha gotcha so that backfired okay (laughs) (laughs) is it what what is yeah is it what you're just trying to be healthier too much caffeine what what's i uh i don't know i'm definitely like i love coffee but yeah i i'm i drink so much coffee now that if i don't i feel like a drug addict that is going through withdrawals uh, yeah <laughs> and it just hurts I and you. i feel like i'm just like for the first hour of every day and i don't like gotcha. being you know yeah foggy yeah. by default but yeah whatever we all are <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i totally get that the other day i had uh um i woke up late like yeah did you ever have one of the did you ever have one of those things where you like you must fall back asleep even though your alarm went off and you just like you're having the most like peaceful sleep ever and then you just like in your brain you're like i think it's later than it is and like what time is it and i look at the clock and it's uh, it was i was like an hour late 
I'm like, oh shit, it takes me 45 <laughs> minutes to an hour to get to work. So I'm like, I'm just scrambling to get to work and I had no coffee. When I get to work, I go, like I have a K-cup machine in my office and I, I went to use that and it had to be descaled. So I couldn't like use that. I'm like, what the hell? This is bullshit. <laughs> I can't have coffee. I'm so grumpy, man. Yeah. They're like, stay away from on the wrong foot with it too. Yeah. It'll like ruin your whole day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but I, I feel your pain. I feel your pain. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's so delicious. <laughs> it's so delicious. <laughs> yeah. So I used to drink. I used to drink an absolutely ungodly amount, and now I don't because it broke me. So now I just reserve it for the weekends. Usually, that's good. I usually have a cup in the morning, a cup like uh, I equate it to like somebody smoking a cigarette. So like maybe like so when I wake up, I'll have a cup, um, and I drink that driving to work. By the time I get to work, I, you know, do what I have to do, whatever, and then probably around like nine, ten o'clock, I'll drink another one, and then I drink <laughs> one when I get home from work, and that's it. So just three, three of them. But when I come home, I drink like an espresso, like not a mm. full cup of coffee, but it's like uh, mini coffee, yeah. but just as much <laughs> caffeine and all the good stuff, right? <laughs> I don't understand how you sleep. In, in my, yeah, my earlier like years in zookeeping, I would make a full press, drink a press in the morning. Right. Like I'd have some at home, then I'd have some on my way to work, and then I'd get to work. We'd have our morning meetings, and then everybody would get their stuff, do their thing, and we'd run down to the cafeteria and work. And then after lunch, would fill up my whole thing again and have an afternoon coffee. So I would have, on average, the equivalent of like five or six cups a day. Oh. It was gnarly. Wow. It's too much. Yeah. yeah. I I would have been just pooping myself, I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> I I think I my built my body up to some high tolerance that it like ran too hard to just like crash, couldn't take any more of it. And so now um yeah, I can't have very much coffee these days. Earl's Earl must he I think he's in PA because this morning I think you're pretty sure he's in PA or he's in Jersey, one or the other. Um, but anyway, uh the ride this morning was like a sheet of ice. And uh yeah. It's uh it'll keep you on your toes for sure. <laughs> for not to drive on ice. Yeah. Yeah, you can't really do it. <laughs> I don't care what kind of car you have, I don't care what kind of tires you got. Pokemon's, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Don't, yeah, don't he work. got it worse than what we got. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Solid mm -hmm. ice. Yeah. No good. Well, yeah, we there was some frost on the roofs this morning, which is my version of a blizzard. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, fair enough. It's a little breezy out today. <laughs> I mean, it's like crazy, it, it's, it's it's cold, like don't get me wrong, but I'm looking at sunny blue skies, but it's like you know, in the sun, it feels great, but I bet you the air temperature out there is probably 51, 52. We had the other day I was driving home and it was 72 degrees. Wow. Oh, man. I woke up this, I woke up this morning and it was, what, 30, uh, 30 degrees. Wow. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh, man. It's crazy. Very and different. Very different. How are your uh, your snakes responding to that 
massive temperature shift, the stuff that you've been pairing up? Oh, yeah. So it's just, well, my reptile room is actually pretty, it holds temp, maintains okay. temp pretty good. Um, but it just makes it easier with the cold night, you know, like at night, turn off everything and the room just chills down real nice, mm-hmm. you know. But um, I think they res- uh, my snakes personally respond more to like the, the front, you know, like the, the pressure drops and changes and stuff. Um, so, yeah. I saw some action. Nice. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Excellent. Are you still pairing stuff, Lucas? Yeah, I am. Um, I think so. I think last time uh, the Woma was already gravid. That was two weeks ago because I wasn't here last week, I think. Yeah, so the Woma's in the prelay shed and then uh, Highlighter Jungle is in the prelay shed. I, I think she nice. did ovulate when you brought me those cages. <laughs> Yeah, so, she looked like she looked like she was either like right there or finishing up or something. Yeah, yeah. So that's exciting, but um, still pairing blackheads, just because why not? Yeah, <laughs> but probably not going to happen. But I said that about the jungles too. So I mean, we're still pairing our blackheads at the shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the the female seems that really nice, uh, clean one. The bigger one seems to. Have Looks like she was ovulating or getting close to, so. Nice. We'll see. Two years in a row for her, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Nice, nice. Very cool. Um, So what do you guys got going on? Well, let's start with you, Riley. I mean, you know, (laughs) you had uh, had a good week, so. Yeah, yeah, my geckos (laughs) finally came in. I'm so stoked, man. I've just been sitting there staring at them. A lot. So for people that are uh, gecko illiterate like me, what'd you get? <laughs> I got golden-tailed geckos. They are a uh, species from Eastern Australia. They're the Strophorus tinicata. And um, they like to lay out on their sticks and branches during the day and sleep and kind of just rely on their camouflage, but they're more active at night. So it's funny, they're nocturnal, but they, they do get um, UVB by being out during the day. And they like it hot. You kind of heat them and, and give them a gradient like you would a carpet python, which is kind of interesting. But, uh, yeah, they're freaking rad. That's um, cool. Yeah, <laughs> they're so cool, dude. Huh. Yeah, that yeah. is really cool. My, right now, I would say the... So there's three. I got, they're all about um, five to six months old. And the smallest one I would say is maybe just about two inches long, tip to tail. And the other two are maybe a quarter inch longer. So they're really tiny, Um, but they'll get bigger. They're just young. So, but they're nice totally different than everything else i keep very cool nice so do you see yourself getting more yeah you know if i have the space i would i would like to like whenever i get into a house if i have enough space in the the room i'd like to have a designated little little uh i'd probably do a, a couple more first and then maybe also some nocturnals. Um, 
but yeah, I know. I, I, I think they're fun. They're, they fit uh, the scheme of how I run the room. So I think most of the, the strokes and, and uh, pieces would do well in here. Yeah. I think the uh, ADA is the, the knob tail I'm after. Holy hell. They're cool. Yeah. I like them a lot. Yeah, those things are big thumpers. Uh, They're really pretty. Yeah. It would fit right in with you, Centralian Exotics, Mr. <laughs> Lucas. Yeah, Maybe would. it would, but that's out of my wheelhouse. <laughs> oh, now. dude, you would do really I, well with them. I don't have any toes in that pool and no intention at the moment. <laughs> hey, Eric, you remember when he Wait. said that about monitors? Yeah. Hey, well, I mean, I, to be fair, I remember when I said that. <laughs> to be fair, I said that I liked the dwarf monitors and that I wanted them eventually. Geckos, uh... <laughs> don't just don't do it. I'm you. happy for you. <laughs> like when I got the Eastern Indigos, you were just like, eh, I'd rather have Rubidus. I was like, what? <laughs> like, I'd <just> <laughs> You don't even care, like you know. It's the no, same. It, Eastern Indigos are sweet, man. Those are cool. I like busting your balls, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, such a basic dry mark on choice, Lucas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they got yellow tails. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. Why not? Why not all of them? <laughs> yeah. Well, more than two. Yeah. Would same. you get? Would you get? Would you get more different species? Hell yeah. I already kind of yeah. am trying to make my my strategic plays for that by sending Riley home with the hypo stripe and going black tail creepo, wink wink. <laughs> <laughs> I uh I see I just, speaking of her, I just plugged in the uh the smaller incubator that I have just for her today. Um so I got in uh 20 pounds of, of hats right media oh, that's damn. what i use for my my egg incubation of years it's never failed me and it's uh it's it's idiot proof you, you pour it in the in your egg box you get it warmed up and you're good to go um, so you don't even need to add water to that no when you get it you'll see what i mean you you scoop and it feels moist but there's no water there's water crystals in this stuff it adds moisture to it and as soon as you put it in a bin put it in an incubator and start warming it up you can see a little bit of condensation start to form up on the sides it's good stuff and it's dry to the touch so for eggs that need a little more like like partial covering of the bottom less less breathability you can nestle it in without worrying about eggs getting wet or soggy hmm. but uh nice. for carpet eggs i just put them on a, a grate and just put it right over that so That's but yeah the, that Kribo is, uh, I think she's in in her prelay shed. So excellent! I freaking love them, man. I don't know. Yeah, they're cool, dude. They're really fun. Loafman is a dangerous man. Calubria <laughs> are looking a lot cooler these days. <laughs> oh, Does man. he have dry mark on that at the university? Oh, so he did. They they had and bred Kribo, but the uh, uh, crypto tragedy of 2019 oh. took out his dry mark on yeah that sucks yeah no worries lucas will <laughs> yeah you're you're it's on the way to resurrect that yeah and there is a um there's a, a, a another grad student in my 
herpetology lab that her thesis or uh, their thesis is looking into trying to come up with some sort of a better feeder option for mm-hmm. uh, snake eating snakes, like mm. trying to make like corn snake sausages kind of situation for indigo uh, sure. SSP programs. So we'll see. They they are an excellent candidate for those uh, iguana link reptilink sausages. Right. Brett Problem Bender has been feeding his his uh, Cooper eye reptilink nice. a lot, and he said the the poop has really been anything solidified a bit so and really? they will eat anything yeah <laughs> interesting i find as long as um there's something that can bind what you're giving them as far as like roughage on the meal even some feathers to birds help it's better than nothing mm-hmm. it'll all kind of just stay in one area and if you're using perfect substrate it's easy to just really get like a whole mass and just put it all away. um but bad uh as a lot of people expect they definitely go to the bathroom you know it's funny uh, listening to a lot of other colubrid people over the last year the the saying is becoming much more like i hear it more it's uh you feed them once they they go to the bathroom twice and it's very true for yeah for them but i i would imagine fall season is probably more like three times that's what i was gonna say i mean my my indigos are obviously still small but so far at least the the falsy uh excrement has been a couple notches worse <laughs> yeah 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 Kribos aren't bad it's not bad yeah i was listening to uh i think it was thp and they were talking about colubrids and they were saying about how much their room stinks from <laughs> colubrids as opposed to uh, you know somebody that doesn't have colubrids is it really that like if you have a big group of colubrids, you can really. Smell. Well, that's the thing. I mean, maybe if you have a big group, but yeah. you know, for me, it only smells like shit if you're not on top of cleaning the shit. But that's easy right. when I only have four or five of them. <laughs> right, and right, the thing with right. colubrids is, yeah, because of how much they go to the bathroom, you could be on top of your cleaning, right. and the next day, half of them can take a crap, and totally. then like you come back from work, and you'd you'd had it perfectly when you went to bed, and and it's destroyed the next day. It, it, it just yeah. depends on numbers, like. If, exactly. uh, if Bratz has like, you know, 10, 10 or 15 rat snakes, a half a dozen water snakes. I think he has like 200 snakes now. What? <laughs> yeah. Bratz went I, that I, hard? I'm pretty sure he said something like that, which I, I, I think that's why it sort of stuck out to me because I, w- I remember him trying to cut down his collection. Yeah. And then like, I think he refocused it to more colubric colubrid uh you know centric type of uh collection and oh, uh and of course he has like those ones that are notorious stinkers right you know what i mean like, yeah Nerodia. like notorious yeah, stinkers. <laughs> oh yeah that poor guy it's a new name that poor poor guy yeah. oh man yeah i mean there's no doubt though like you can you can get a little lazy with your python you know spot cleaning and not notice yeah. Not quite the case with with some other species. Yeah, so it's just sure. a matter of like you have to stay up on top of it, right? That's, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, they'll go to the. I've never a had lot. such a big group. I mean, I've worked with colubrids, plenty of uh, a lot of you know different types and stuff. Um, mostly the more mainstream stuff like rat snakes and king snakes and mm-hmm. you know, things like that. But um, I guess I never had like such a big uh, group of them that I ever noticed anything like that. 
Yeah. Yeah. It can, it can add up when the numbers go up. Yeah. It goes up exponentially and stink. But again, mine are <laughs> tiny. I might eat my words once they're six foot and those poops yeah. are a little yeah. bigger. <laughs> well, yeah, as but long if you as don't you have use, like a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. And as long as you use particulate bedding and you're on top of it, you know, the right bedding yeah. can help keep odor down. And for sure. Yeah, I would imagine it's very similar to rodents, right? Like, yeah, if you stay on top of it and you have a manageable group, I mean, it's still going to smell like rodents regardless, but it's not going to be like overpowering, if you will, you know? Yeah, right. I don't know. I've never bred rodents, but we have the rodent breeding room at the vivarium. They're they're nasty. Our rat guy wears like a legit apocalypse gas mask for cleaning. (laughs) Really? No shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like the, the high, high end, like. He, he would be fine in a gas attack kind of mask. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. I would think them. I would think I would probably have to. I would probably have asthma attack and die or something like For that. For sure. There's some days that keeps, I feel like every yeah. time I walk through that room, I shave a couple months off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very good. Uh, yeah. 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 We have to have our rodents at the shop cleaned at least three days a week in order for it, for it to be, you know, not noticeable yeah now that i'm thinking of it like all the times i've gone to owen's house and the amount of colubrids that he has i never really smell it doesn't smell (laughs) i never really smell it he's got a pretty diverse group of colubrids i mean i think seems like he does i don't know (laughs) maybe um he's got beauty snakes and he does he's got a lot Rat snakes and pine snakes and king, king snakes. snakes and corn snakes and yeah, false water cobras. Now he has king rats, uh, crebos, mad hogs. Yeah, goddamn. Yeah. yeah, I think Melissa probably keeps him in check, though. You know, she's not going to let that it is smell. Probably hundred <laughs> percent true. Yes. You think anyone can keep Owen in cr- check? Yes. <laughs> she can. <laughs> yeah. It's oh man. See, I go I backdoor it. I go through her to get to him. <laughs> there was that uh that morning, I forget when it was last week that he like butt dialed our group chat, but as a as a video call. And so I called oh, him yeah, back yeah. immediately and he's just like, What what is this? What are you doing? <laughs> he's like he's all flustered. And as a you know, as a beat, I'm like, well, you called me. He's like, I didn't mean to. We can't speak of this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the other intern will be jealous. Uh, <laughs> oh, that so was good. funny. Oh, that's great. I was at work. I'm at work in a meeting. Once I see, I was like, what the hell is going on? Everybody's <laughs> doing a video chat. Yeah, it's yeah. Like seven o'clock in the morning. What is the hell is happening? Yeah, I saw that. I was like, what the fuck is going on, you guys? It was really weird to see his face. In the morning. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. That'll wake you up. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah, I've done that on herping trips. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> like, oh. <laughs> oh, it's just Owen. Well, hello. <laughs> Fancy meeting you here. This witty son of a bitch. Uh, yeah. So did you overdo it this breeding season? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Lucas, no? Yet to no? be seen Feel for good? me. I mean, if all four yeah. of the brettles go and then the woma in the jungle goes, I might be stretched for 
Okay. Baby rack space. Incubator will be fine. Oh, yeah. My Aki's gravid for sure. She's oh, really? Chonky. Yeah, she's super, yeah. super chonky. And she's been digging test holes. I sent Alan Stevens picture. And he was like, probably. Yeah. Robert yeah. said his was too. Her, his yeah. Aki was yeah. gravid too. I saw Robert. I think he posted a picture of his locking up. Mine have been doing the same. Um, really? She hasn't really been eating much lately. So. Should be soon. Nice. Mm. Very cool. Yeah. I've got 60 hatchling tubs and I, that is not, because a lot of it, <laughs> that's, that's what's vacant. That's what's empty. Um, right. I mean, I suppose I could move those two and add up four more, but like, that's not going to help. I, I think. So I've got one rainbow who's gravid. I have no idea if the other one's going to go. If she goes, I'm super screwed. Um, <laughs> I have a prelay from that really black uh, poplin carpet. So she'll yeah. be the first to give me a clutch in about four weeks. And then both of the tiger head exanic coastals are in that really nice orange poplin is in prelay. Um, the jungle I got in recently from Todd will be going eventually. I'm pretty sure the jungle from Travis will be going. So if those six go, assuming the Bradley pair doesn't, uh, you know, six carpet clutches, a Kribo clutch, and a rainbow boa litter, that's like, <laughs> that's like a 120 140 babies wow yeah fingers crossed now that you said it the brittles probably will go and you'll be extra screwed <laughs> i mean that'll be like good and bad it'll be like hooray i did it shit i did it yeah now what <laughs> yeah you know? i mean the only the only saving grace is one the the rainbow bow litter won't come until fall. so those right she'll probably shed in the next couple of days which means she'll drop the beginning of september um, okay so i've got time to get you know roughly two dozen bins freed up for her um but yeah, if the Bradley do go, then they'll go around that time. Yeah, I, I definitely need another another 80 hatchling slots to be safe. Wow. Shit. Okay. Yeah, shit. <laughs> That's you have a CNC machine. <laughs> yeah. I, I was talking with Dad. It was like, so here's a link to the hatchling tubs I used to buy them in bulk. Let's buy a bunch of these. We'll make some tubs for the shop. And here's Here's a great idea. Make the test guinea pig one for me. We'll just do it like this. And, and Lucas. <laughs> and I was like, I'll, I'll pay for it, of course. But, you know, I need, I need like, you know, let's, let's go four by 15 or something like that, you know. Um, right. You know, but I, I need a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Speaking of Poplin carpets, did you guys happen to catch um, Carlos's... Um, Ooh, oh, stripey, stripey. What Look is at that, that man? <laughs> Where it, he's doing some kind of breeding loan with um, 
the uh, striking pythons. And uh, yeah, this is just, I guess, just IJZ bread. Striking I mean. indeed. Whoa. I like the uh, the portals, the little, uh, yeah, the little stripe, man. The, uh, the Ocelli, the Ocelli, or whatever you call them. Ocelli. Yeah, that's neat. Stripe. I like that. Oh, man. It's wild, right? <clears throat> Very I, cool. I immediately saw it and I was like, what the hell is that? Holy shit. That man. thing's beautiful. And that's Carlos I, uh, that takes the crazy pictures, right? Yes. Yeah, so it'll yes. probably win the calendar next year, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Nice. Tiger uh, will win. And- See, it just it just validates everything you've been saying about popcorn carpets, Eric. That we just haven't even hit the the tip of the iceberg with what's what's possible in in breeding and potential for them. Yeah, yeah. Popcorn tiger, yes, hundred percent. Yeah, it's oh, uh, nice. <laughs> well, we yeah, have the so tiger much. IJs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's our version of it. That yeah. that's actually pretty pretty close. I mean. As far as the stripe itself, uh, that animal is pretty close to a tiger, but I think the tiger that Balin has is um, just a little. The back, the back stripe is just a little bit bigger. Yeah. Have I Robert heard from Craig? Says he needs roughies. Yes, you do. <laughs> oh yeah, come on, man! If you don't have roughies, you're missing the boat. Yeah, <laughs> like, go. How fun was that um, video from Riley's <clears throat> channel? Which one? Oh, at the... my house. <laughs> that's oh, what that's what Robert's yeah. talking about. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that was uh, that was a great video. I love that. that. Was I really fun. enjoyed that. Yeah, that was a long one. It, yeah, <laughs> it's always cool. It's always cool. Like you're like we do the show every week. I see your room right there. Mm-hmm. But like to really see your room is complete. You know, like. To go through it like cage by cage and look at stuff is yeah uh, man and uh, I mean I trying like to that. like add a six by two blueprint without getting rid of anything else I had to move everything I had to slide everything into <laughs> new places and redo all the wiring that was an all day affair at least you have the space dude your room is legitimately twice as big as mine yeah I'm, yeah <laughs> and I have twice as many animals as you. <laughs> Yeah, very true. But you know, I'm trying to do like maximum big cages for things. That, exactly. Yeah. You're doing it the way I think a lot of people coming into the hobby nowadays are starting out doing. I I don't think it's necessarily a right or a wrong thing. I think totally. it's just yeah, people are coming. Not in what I it. meant. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm not taking it that way. I, I think it's a great topic to to kind of just briefly elaborate on as far as like how herpiculture is changing right now. When I was first getting into the idea of bringing on more than one snake, bringing in a group of them with the intention of having them, raising them, breeding them, it was always demonstrated to me in order to do that, you needed to do it with racks. Mm-hmm. Um, there was nobody else kind of putting out any sort of, you know, like visual demonstration that, you can do this with caging and and nice setups and attention to detail and and this and that like the monitor guys do because their animals need that space the fish keepers do because their animals need that 
but the snakes we've always kind of been able to get away with the ascension and and do the 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 efficient way of keeping and now it's kind of becoming like yeah you can do that but you can also you know get a different level of enjoyment having a smaller collection set up in nicer displays and so i think i think that's where some of us who existed before this current train of thought are like kind of in either a transition or just yeah it is what it is you know don't get me wrong like i'm definitely also in in the in the middle ground like i have plenty of snakes and racks but i'm trying to to balance balance out both sides of that extreme and and exist somewhere in the middle yeah i i I like to think that if i if i came into this sort of circle now i don't know how many racks i would have you know i would probably do what you're doing is like planning on a species a project a couple animals and doing cages right away right yeah yeah, I, I'm with you, Riley. Right, I'm I've I'm kind of the same thing, right? Well, it's so weird, right? Because I was going through all these pictures, and the very first carpet python I ever had, I had it set up in a like this naturalistic enclosure with live plants and lights and all this stuff, and I just thought that's how you did it because that's how I did it when I was young. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, we didn't have the same you know, a uh, consumer, um, you know, availability of products that are, are, that are on the market today to sort of, um, you know, uh, uh, make it easier, if you will. So you sort of had to like, you know, uh, use whatever you could, but, um, now I just see myself, you know, I get, I don't know. I think you move through stages, right? I think that there's this, I don't see it as much anymore, but like, I think when we were like the, the time frame you're talking about Riley is like, you know, if you were trying to do this for a living, you would have to have a substantial, you know, collection to sort of be able to do that. And, uh-huh. you know, I think everybody, you know, the morph thing with the carpets and stuff sort of like, I think we sort of like swung the pendulum too far the other way where it was kind of, crazy and then i think it i think now it's kind of balanced back you know it's just like mm-hmm. with everything yeah what is and, that and is that a roughie yeah yeah okay, okay. and i think people <laughs> people get to that point in different ways some people start that some people have an impressionable moment um and some people it's just a natural transition based on their time involved for me i think it's hearing your experience and opinions change and others around me and then it's yeah. also getting into other species out of my comfort zone, like these geckos, like, you know, getting uh, the little shrimp tank that I do for fun. You know what I mean? Just like little right. things like that. It's, it's kind of opened me up again. And I, and I go back to my days uh, in zoos and thinking about how those animals on display would behave differently. And I don't know, it's just something to think about, but um you know, to the same token, I've got animals, you know, happily breeding in, in tubs. So it, it, this isn't like me saying one way or the other is better. I just think, uh, yeah, I think it's I, becoming <clears throat> more conscious of this other angle, I guess. Yeah, I think definitely. it's always something I think I think for me, I always felt that, you know, I, I said this a lot, but like you could say, 
you know, the, the reptile trade, but like, I'm just going to specifically focus on Moralia, let's say, uh-huh. is that we've missed the mark with the pet keeper. Because to me, you know, even if you're going to work with, you know, you could work with a carpet, you could work with a chondro, let's say, let's, let's look at those two at war rough scale. Right. Um, and you could have a beautiful, uh, set up, you're going to have an animal that's out in the open, provided that you, you know, can dial in a green tree. I think once you have them dialed in, they're pretty, they're pretty, you know, especially if you're not going to breed it, you're probably going to have that thing forever. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, just somebody that wants like a nice display in their living room or something that they could look at and, you know, yeah, maybe it's downstairs in their man cave or, you know, it's, you know, whatever, you know, uh-huh. and, um, I think that, uh, I see more and more people like that getting into the hobby where they have just a couple of, you know, a couple of, couple of this, a couple of that, whatever it's, it, it is funny though. Like when people get in, they get like one. And they're like, oh yeah, it's cool. I keep a snake or whatever. And then like, yeah, it's very soon that there's another. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like no matter how yeah. hard you fight it, it's there's going to be yeah. another. I was uh, listening to Corey Martin <laughs> on uh, THP earlier. Yeah, I was watching their YouTube video, and she was talking about her experience with how uh, her and her son got into the the whole snake thing, and then how her trajectory into Morelia happened. And it was very much like that. And it's uh, yeah. It's, it's kind of how it goes. I mean, you either, you either love them to a point where like you need a lot of them or, or they're just not the snake for you. Like that's, there's not really much of a middle ground. I feel like they're contagious. Once you get one, it's kind of like an infection that spreads. Um, you just see it. Like a lot of folks that are like, Oh, and then a light bulb goes off and six months later, their collection has become 30 to 50% Morelia. Um, it's yeah. cool to see. I think, I think with the influx of new people, um, it's it's an opportunity we should be focusing on because mm-hmm. you know that's our sustainability essentially, right? It's keeping new keepers coming in and and enjoying right. them. Like so, any chance you get to vend a show and you're selling babies, always bring adults. Always yeah. bring adults. Like that's that's impressionable seeing an adult most people when they talk about like what is it that got them into carpets first time it's like well i remember seeing so and so's big headed such and such and it's just like the big morelia head looking at you and whatever and then it's not what you expected and it wasn't biting and angry and it wasn't all this and that and that's usually kind of the rough structure of of people's transition into testing the waters with them i know that was mine so yeah yeah, hundred um, percent. I'm gonna throw this question up here so we can Let's do it. Need advice with my two jungles? Trying to get them to eat rats. One goes ballistic with defensive striking, three years old. The other one turns her nose up at a two-year-old. Who wants to take a shot at it? Nose up. So they're two years old. Is that what we're assuming? Two years old. The other turns her nose up. Two years old. Yeah. Um, okay. No, so wait, they both won't eat rats. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to understand the question. <laughs> Need advice with my two jungles. Trying to get them to eat rats. One goes ballistic with defensive strike. So I'm taking okay. it as oh, this one okay. is three years old is just striking at the rat, <laughs> and the other one turns its nose up. 
<clears throat> yeah. Okay. So to me, it sounds like they don't like the smell of the rats. Yeah. Um, the first one might even be defensive because it might be scared about the presentation, really the size of the rat being offered. Defensive strike is because something's pissing them off or they, they don't like something. Um, only eat mice. So they're only eating mice. What I would be doing is instead of going straight to rats, I would take a few baby steps in between. Uh, I would do some scenting. I would uh, I would start with thawing mice in a bag with rats so the mice adopt a little bit of rat smell and feed the mice like that a few times and then start switching that up seeing if they'll take a rat that's super heavily mouse scented and start working mm -hmm. with that and if you can do that then slowly but surely pull scent off they don't always go smoothly so it might take some time but that's usually my uh go-to protocol for getting a stubborn uh persistent mouse feeder onto rats yeah i uh i haven't had any mousers yet so i i don't feel like i can speak on this much but definitely you know what riley's saying and scott in the chat saying wash your rat so that the scent is dampened and then like literally bleed a mouse over top of it you know that kind of stuff that works <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, I've heard a lot of folks <laughs> taking the the rat or the mouse while it's frozen still and washing it with Dawn dish soap, and yes. it pulls off a lot of the excess odor. Yeah, when uh, Nick is getting um, his baby blackheads going, he washes them with like an odor neutralizing soap, the little fuzzies or whatever, so that mm -hmm. they smell like nothing. He doesn't even scent them with anything additionally. He just doesn't want them to smell like rodent, and that seems to work. Does he him. start with uh, assist feeding them? Uh, in, in most cases, yeah, but he said last year's clutch, they all pretty much ate for him unassisted right off the bat, so hmm. Hmm. pretty interesting. Yeah, I I think in my earlier days I had issues with this, but I guess my first question would be, what is the, why are you uh, um, against them eating mice? Hmm. You know, that would be my first question. Like, I think this there's an idea in the, in the carpet Python world that like, it's a bad thing that they eat mice. Like somehow that's not going to sustain them. I got to be honest. Like, I think, I think talking with Rob sort of changed my perspective on that a bit. Right. And, um, mm -hmm. I think of, uh, in the NPR chat today, Justin, not, I know it's not a carpet, but I would assume that this is what happens in Australia, right? If somebody has a rat shed or something like that, where they have breeding rats, uh, carpet python is going to show up just like a corn snake uh, would show up with um, uh, here in the States and it ate a bunch of mice. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I guess maybe the idea is, is that you're going to feed one rat as opposed to say three mice or something like that. Um, I guess uh, chick scent, chick down has worked for yeah. me. Um, chick down is you know, another so good one. If you have the chick, uh, the like a chick, you just cut off that, fluffy underneath and uh just kind of rub it all over the over the, the the rat sort of would take it um i think though here's here's a couple of things i don't know whether what you feed i don't know how often you feed i don't know any of that kind of stipulations but what i found is that if you feed which is funny about the whole feeding thing right um so <laughs> uh i think that there 
well, without going into the whole thing, but, um, you know, there was a post the other day and it was sort of saying about like the happy medium, right? I think that in the early days, I probably swung too far to where I was overfeeding, right? And then I swung too far to the other side where I wasn't, I was feeding too little. And I think there's sort of a happy medium there. But I found with carpets, when I was feeding, cycle feeding, not feeding every week, not, they never refused a meal. Never, never refused a meal. As soon as I started feeding like that, rather than the typical, I'm not saying this in a bad way, but like the, the, like I have a couple of carpets and I feed it every week because this is just a routine. Um, the other thing is, I don't know if he said that they were male or female. Um, so male carpets notorious will notoriously go off food in this time of year. Uh-huh. So that may be why you're getting the striking um, that you got going on. That's true. Read. That's true. Um, so they get two mice every uh, two XL mice every other week. See, even yeah, I mean that's that's a good that's, meal that's, though. That's fine, but yeah, that's I a mean, great that's know. a great size meal for a two and three year old animal. Oh, I would, I, I would, I would think if you have access to extra large mice, those are probably the size of a, a, a big weaned rat or, or more. I, I would imagine that would hold over, you know, a few yeah. of my animals for a bit. I don't know. I guess it depends on how big the animal's getting. I mean, some animals just want to keep growing. I, I don't know. I, I think if your animal's okay, like taking like you just pop a bit of three or four mice in there. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine a carpet in the wild, right? Obviously, we're talking about carpets in captivity, but I, I would just think they would be programmed to eat whatever comes their way. If it's a bird, if it's a shit, mm-hmm. we showed last week a carpet python eating eggs. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So, I mean, uh, I you know, I don't know. I would, I probably, I would like maybe not feed for a bit. Um, yeah, and then maybe try to feed it a rat. You know. Yeah, maybe a month, get a month, a month off. and a half or something like that, you know, yeah. and just offer it food and um, see what happens. So, yep. Sometimes you just need to get a little extra hungry. And I know he's, uh, he was talking about, uh, I think he works with ball pythons too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So African softwares, if you have access to that, that's like Morelia crack. Uh, <laughs> In yeah, depend, opinion, just depends. Depends on what right state away. you live in. I like Lucas and I couldn't get those here in California. Oh no! Allegedly, they're illegal. Yeah. Allegedly, really? Yeah, they're illegal in California. Oh. There's a lot of things either. that are. There's a lot of things that are illegal in California that are definitely here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not saying anything. I'm just you know agreeing well, with what Riley said and also have an eye twitch. Yeah. <laughs> Oh look, Miguel! He fed his carpet uh, quail eggs multiple times. Oh, so nice. They, you know, did they come out whole? <laughs> That's awesome. That's cool. Would it be cool if they like cracked the egg and sent it back up? <laughs> yeah, like egg eaters. Like the Dasset Peltas. Yeah, that'd be super cool. Man, I'm uh, having uh, I'm in a good farmers market like I did in Santa Barbara. I could get quail eggs. Now I can't find them. They're hard to get around here. Yeah, it's a good point though. Like, I mean, I agree, you know, if, if a snake doesn't want to eat rats, you know, depending on what kind of snake, sometimes they just don't need to eat rats. <laughs> like, yeah. That, yeah. It's like, okay. And I really liked what you said, Eric, about 
kind of there's two extremes to to these sorts of things, right? Like you you were on the overfeeding extreme when you first started, and then the the underfeeding extreme added to, yeah. to balance that out, and that there is a happy medium. I think that there's like always camps on both sides of that, right? And it's never like an acknowledgement that somewhere in the middle is probably what's best in most cases. Like, you know, right. the the blackhead thing comes to mind. Um, yeah, you know, starve them so they look like the wild and they'll be healthy or no, just feed them normal, feed them big rats, and then they'll have the energy stores they need to breed. The truth's probably in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think the, uh, you know, so my, my, I, I recently, I think I talked about this last week. I don't know if it's NPR, Carpets and Coffee. I can't keep track. But anyway, I have this Tully Jungle. <laughs> Too many shows. Um, yeah. I got this Tully Jungle. And, um, you know, basically, I couldn't get it to eat. Rob sent it here. Uh, I got it from Rob. He got it from Nick. Um, and he had it feeding great. Looked perfect. It didn't lose any weight, but it didn't eat for like pretty much. The, I've had it. I don't know. I don't, it's been like maybe six or seven months, maybe eight, eight, maybe eight months. And a, and a lot of it ate one time during that eight months. And um, I just keep keep an eye on her and make sure that uh she's not losing weight or doesn't look you know what i mean like snakes start to have a certain look to them uh when they're you know they're sort of going downhill mm-hmm. um i just keep an eye on that uh offer food um the one thing i would say that i do not do and i would not recommend and i know that this is uh, a hard thing to do but if that snake doesn't eat that mouse that mouse goes in the trash you know not 100 not that there's anything wrong with my snakes or whatever, but you know, that's just how things get spread throughout your collection. Right. So as a, it's yeah. just a best practice, it doesn't eat it. That dollar, $2, whatever it is, mouse goes in the trash. I've tried yes. rats. I've tried chicks. I've tried mice. I've tried, you know, whatever. I couldn't get it to go. And <clears throat> I thought about, and this is something that, um, Maybe this is just common sense to other people, but I never thought about messing with the size of the of the ro- of the prey, right? Meaning mm-hmm. like going smaller rather than you know, like a lot of times, uh, like my brain would say, okay, it put a little more size on, I'm gonna go bigger, but I went smaller and she took it right away, right away, yeah. immediately took it. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe I was feeding prey that was too big, right? So I guess why. But I think, like, if they're a python, why would they not take a small rat? But for whatever reason, it didn't, it didn't do it. So instead of giving it a large mouse, I gave it a, like, right above a hot, not, I guess you would call it a small mouse. I don't know. Everybody's mouse sizes are different, you know. My you know, like a small mouse, something like your thumb. Yeah, pretty much. But then I thought about it, and I was like, okay. Um, which is why when Justin posted that thing in the, in the NPR chat, I was sort of like, oh yeah, you know, I am sort of right. Rob sort of got my brain thinking with this too, is like, maybe there, you know, when it comes to cycle feeding, my thought was, is like, I don't feed during this time of year. And then all of a sudden I'll pick up, uh, feeding at this time of year. And I may, uh, you know, add a couple meals. Whereas, what Rob was sort of looking at it and saying like, well, they might take two or three mice, smaller mice, but two or three mice at a time. You know what I mean? Rather than, Mm -hmm. rather than just eating one big meal. 
Yeah. She took it right away. Ate it. She ate three, three mice, three of those small ones without any issues. So. I've definitely had I snakes just, going on like hunger strikes and I found they were just intimidated by this. And by backing it down a few sizes, you start getting them to eat confidence up and then you can slowly work up to certain sizes but some snakes don't like i've yeah. I've got one animal she does not want anything else it's just scary to her right. intimidating to her it's a stressful experience you prefer about right. in there but if it's anything bigger than a, like a, an adult mouse it's just like it it right. lights out of her yeah, Bob, so. that's what I was talking about. Justin had put that up on um, in the chat, and it's basically the same thing out in his shed. He had this, yeah, you know, rat snake that just basically mm-hmm. chowed down <laughs> like a whole bunch of mice in his mice tub. You know, well, I mean, it's funny. We always talk about how like carpets are kind of like the Australian equivalent of our rat snakes. So if rat snakes are going and just like gorging when the opportunity presents itself a carpet python in theory according to our understanding might reasonably do the same thing if it were to come across a nest of you know spinifex mice or whatever it is um yeah there's a lot of different rodent species out there uh that live in ground burrows hollow logs across australia where these animals exist so for certain species i would imagine if a carpet python is hungry and it's cruising, it's following a scent, and it comes across an entire burrow full of spinifex mice. It's going to gorge on every single one it can get its coils on. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. And that, that that train of thought leads me to the conversation when I've heard so many about certain boas, and they all eat like 12 weeks out of the year, and then they don't eat the other 40. Right. Snakes, snakes are nuts, dude. Like, they can really do that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 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 It's really, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I never really struggled too much with that. Like uh, the whole feeding thing with carpets. Um, and I don't really hear too much of it anymore. Every once in a while I'll hear it, but not, not too much. Mm-hmm. I find that, uh, you know, I don't know. I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I don't really have anything that, that does that, you know, that I can, my, uh, Baby uh, male indigo loves the mm-hmm. little tiny quail, but won't take uh, rodents on his own yet. And I don't really? care. I'm fine yeah, with that. That's, that's fine. <laughs> like John Michaels told me, he's like, you know, I can wait until it, it's feeding better before I send it to you. Like I have to kind of tease it and hold it in the hand and make it strike the mouse to get it to eat a mouse. I was like, no, like it eats fish, it eats birds, send it. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, right. I don't care. Right. <laughs> like, I'll buy quail. Yeah. yeah. You <laughs> can like, you can make do... your Kribos and indigos real fat, only feeding them rodents real fast. Absolutely. I I'll never forget the first Eastern indigo I saw in person was at a, a little like animal sanctuary thing that we went to in Georgia on tour. And I was so disappointed because it was like a slug. It looked like oh. a blood python. I was like, oh no. Oh, like I was trying to tell all my bandmates, like, that's not right. Like it's not supposed <laughs> to look like that. And they're like, okay, Lucas. They I'm, broke it. I'm sure the zoo knows what they're doing. I'm like, no, no, they don't. <laughs> it was they so fat. It. it didn't move the whole time. Oh man. <laughs> it's oh, supposed wow. to be a diurnal active colubrid. <laughs> But anyway, I digress. You're right, Riley. (laughs) 
Yes. Well, yeah, yeah. We sort of said that uh, earlier about the uh, the mutton tip um, uh-huh. on sending a rodent with the yeah. rising soap. But I guess yeah. I mean my point with that is that it's not the end of the world. It's not a disaster. Right. No. Doesn't want rodents. I don't need to make the snake fit me all the time. Sometimes I can fit the snake. Let, Owen talks about that all the time with the, the rhinos, right? You know, he's like, yeah. is it eating fish? Okay. It's eating. I don't care that it's fish. <laughs> like, I'm, I agree yeah. with him on that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I like when Owen goes on that rants. I don't care. <laughs> me, me too. <laughs> this, that, and the other thing. You always say this, that, and the other thing. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, feeding is always one of those. Um, I don't know. I think. Yeah. I. I if you really want to learn about snake digestion, we did a, a um, an episode oh. with uh, Doctor Loafman, which is probably like that was such a good episode that had like record downloads. <laughs> did that yeah yeah that one was nuts good old zacky poo yeah yeah it's just you know i guess our ideas and whatever and then you're talking to somebody that actually knows the science behind it really uh you know i would love for him to because on the npr episode it was mostly python and boa focused you know of, yes. of course i would love for him to do one on his show more specific to the colubrid colubrid digestive process and why it's different why he says you know feed your false water cobras every four days and that's okay because it's not like a python so what are the differences you know that would be uh, yeah that'd be good to know sounds like a student of the serpent episode right there yeah. <laughs> uh, well i'm a student of the loafman so. <laughs> uh, yes me me too yeah, that guy is. Uh, he's he's awesome. digging up crayfish right now. Yeah, he's I know. I see him all over Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Well, so he's teaching my conservation biology class this semester, and he wrote out an email at the beginning of the week, and he's like, "I am digging for crayfish. There's no Wi-Fi, no class this week. <laughs> like independent study. <laughs> like, nice. Yeah. Yeah, they're just. Yeah, you're right. I, they're just completely different as far as uh, the way they function. I wonder how do uh, this is probably a question for Scott or Ty. Um, I don't know if they're back there, but where do elapids fit into that? In terms of digestion, are they more? Yeah, are they more like mm-hmm. along the lines of like a colubrid, or are they more along the lines of like a, a python? Or are I they think they have pretty thing? fast. I think they have pretty yeah. fast metabolisms. It's a great question. It I mean, like in, it, in right? terms yeah. of. Uh, um, you know, clades and whatnot. Like, if I'm not mistaken, the elapids are a lot more synapomorphic, a lot more evolved like colubrids. They're not more basal like pythons. So, my guess would be it's more like colubrids. But, uh, yeah, Scott, time off. <laughs> my my, ignorant, <laughs> my <laughs> ignorant assumption is, is that because their activity levels are are higher than that of most pythons um, and that a lot of them are more diurnal, I would think that they probably have a faster metabolism. My thought that would be that elapids would have the more colubrid-like metabolism, whereas vipers would have more of the python-like metabolism. Mm. Yeah. Because if you think of like, you know, rattlesnakes, well, 
Do elapids hibernate? They don't really come from areas where they would have to, right? Whereas I mean, a lot of them like, go into underground burrows. They do get right. some seasonality. I'm just talking out my ass, man. When it comes to venomous <laughs> stuff, I don't know anything. I'm just asking questions. <laughs> I don't want people to take it as, you know, like I, I know what I'm talking about, but it, um, I, I just would be curious of how that, that would be. I, I, I guess like I think of like vipers, like as ambush predators, right? I think of like, uh, what is that live uh, in uh, the BBC thing on reptiles where the Attenborough was watching the timber rattlesnake as the chipmunk went down that that trail and he's watching it from the tent or whatever and uh it just waits there you know right um so whereas like a mamba or a mulga is gonna actually hunt scent trails and chase down its its prey mm-hmm. yeah yeah okay yeah, all the rattlesnakes and, and vipers i've worked <laughs> with are more ambush sit and wait predators Right, and they would, I would think, put on. Even they would put like, on weight real fast if you fed them too much. Yeah, like Russell vipers. Uh, I think of like things like that. You know, bushmasters. You know, those kind of like sit by the tree and wait type of yeah. deal. But that's for those venomous people to uh, to figure <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of people doing some cool work with venomous these days die-hard passionate individuals studying and all that good stuff yeah i find i find venomous snakes fascinating but i sort of like keep it an arm's length away because i am too fearful that if i start to research it too deeply that i will go down a path i don't want to go down yeah yeah <laughs> you know what i mean you know yeah. and you're allowed in pennsylvania yeah, <laughs> yeah i know right? yeah yeah i'm so not allowed West to go down here boys <laughs> yeah. yeah for me i am comfortable with it and have had training for years and you know just feel quite comfortable with a lot of different things the only thing I could ever see myself realistically dipping my toes in would be some form of crotalus, and only if I had a, a locking secondary building that wasn't attached to the household. You know, that's the yeah. only way I personally would be comfortable with it because then I, you know, then it's separate and then it's very like a mental procedure. Like, okay, going to do the venomous, it's out in the other building. It's, you know, there's steps that remind you this is not a joke. This is, you know, some sort of yeah. step of work, you know. Um, sure. Yeah. But I, I couldn't see myself ever getting into it for like breeding purposes or, or any commercial ve- level because, c- to be completely honest, there's very little commercial value to a lot of venomous snakes. They're you like, you can be a YouTube vlogger. <laughs> yeah, but you have to do really sketchy stuff in order to catch people's attention. The, the guys who do it properly and with without sensationalism and good handling and stuff, it doesn't get the views, i.e., the monetization. And I know, I was kidding. I know, I know. I'm being, <laughs> we're, we're we're playing off the fact that there might be some audience members who, indeed, maybe are considering getting into venomous. I, I don't know. I just, who venomous is a big. That's a big deal, man. You know, that's you know, by... there. That is a serious commitment. I mean, like, you think yeah. getting a, a tortoise is a commitment? You think getting a python that can live twenty five years is a commitment? 
try getting something that if you screw up, you're financially going to be, you know, on the hook for upwards of a quarter million dollars in some states, depending on what you get bit by, how bad, how much the antivenom costs, time, et cetera, all these other variables. Not to mention that you could put yourself and the people around you in danger if you don't know what you're doing. And it's just all it takes is one accident. And then and then keep that in your mind as you're going through cleaning your carpet pythons and doing all these other things and how many mistakes you make and how many automatic habits you just do with your hands that you yeah. you can't do and and like how many times you get bit by these things because of the way we do this because it's not venomous you literally have to break your train of thought and your mental habits when doing venomous and and i think the person who explains that the best uh is is probably phil he's yeah. he's very yes. eloquent about it he's very educated about it he's very thorough in everything that there is because he's an educator and and he, he just is very well spoken about it and he doesn't miss words he's very like no beating around the bush no bs mm-hmm. this is this is legit it's not about whether or not the species can kill you or not it's about everything before that that is a problem and everything that comes with it that can go wrong that's a problem was it on fight club where he was talking about mentorship in in venom yeah yeah, yeah. that was and great that, that was a that great was exactly the 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 topic I was thinking of. Yeah. He had a lot of good examples of, you know, just how easily yeah. it can go south. Yeah. Sure. I, I have What's a in video. the trash can? No, yeah. no. <laughs> exactly. I have a video on my phone from when I was pulling our Eastern Diamondback rattlesnake out of a can, putting her back on exhibit back in the zoo in Santa Barbara. And I keep that video because it, uh, I like to see that snake. I miss that snake. She was beautiful and hated me um and uh but it's it's a nice reminder of how lucky i was every time i worked with that animal because she was so big that even with the right safety protocols i still had to choke up with the hook to get leverage so i'd have the handle up here Mm. and my hand would be at the end of the grip so i've effectively taken about a foot off of my gap between me and her just so oh, I wow. didn't hurt myself because she was so big because it would hurt your wrist mm-hmm. and she would bend the hooks when I was like picking her up and putting her in. You could see the hook sort of bow. And, and you know, if you play with her right and you, you kind of know her movements and you, you do things just right, then you don't set her off and don't piss her off. But like in all reality, even under the best of circumstances with the right training, it is very visible from the outside perspective to see the the present danger with that snake if that animal like flinched because somebody on the other side of the glass did something when i was putting her in and she decided and just i would not have had a split second to react like it would have just been on and that's the reality of it and and how many people do you see with a venomous animal that give you enough room to back really quickly and get far away and drop the snake and just allow the the scenario to to stop and reset itself it's just not it's not very realistic um a large open space it's even under the best of circumstances so i don't know hats off to people who do it professionally yeah it's uh i think of you know scott um scott scott and ty um they're having um flooding down in queensland yeah i saw that 
you know, the one thing that he put up on the thing, you know, well, the one thing he's like, um, you know, we're not going to work with the venomous today because right. God forbid something happens. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be able to easily ex- get to, uh, to, to get to medical attention if need yeah. be, exactly. which is, is a total different mindset. Like, you know, if it's shitty outside and snowing, it's like, oh, I get to spend all day in my snake room. You know, <laughs> like, it's awesome, you know? Totally. Um, yeah. So. It's a different attention to detail. Like, it, it, I have allergies. Anytime I would have a bad allergy day, I would tell my team, like, I'm not doing venomous today. If if anything needs to be done, don't tap me for that. I'm, you know, I'm not 100%. I'm not on my game. Or if I was sick or hungover or whatever. There was no, like, there was no, um, yeah. nobody would be upset. You know, it was like, we'd rather you be straight up and honest about that nobody's going to judge you or, or be angry if, if you're not, you know, on it that day, it can always be done later by somebody else. So there's always Absolutely. safer options. Yeah. Yeah. seems like we got a lot of people in PA and in, uh, in the chat, here. We got <laughs> Dan and Rob and Bob and me and Owen and <laughs> uh, yeah. Good stuff. I will say sitting over here on the West coast and, and what I do pay attention to online, it's, there's a lot of reptile keepers out there, PA and Maryland and Jersey and, and, uh, PA the Carolinas. To, yeah. PA seems to have like the, um, a lot of reptile keepers that are not really, um, you know, not on the, not on Facebook or whatever it would be. And like, you'll go to a show and you'll see, you'll see, you know, you'll, you'll talk to people that have like, you know, amazing animals and you're like, Oh, I didn't even know. Hey, nice to meet you, man. I didn't even know you, you know, you had such things or, yeah. you know, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's always cool to, uh, to find people like that. That's the one thing I miss about going to reptile shows. It's not so much the, uh, selling snakes part of it but just like uh meeting people you know yeah are you planning on doing any shows this year me no yeah. no <laughs> i plan on herping <laughs> nice well let's see tinley park or australia uh <laughs> sorry tinley park you lose yep. every october <laughs> yeah yeah, everybody couldn't believe like the one year I remember because we 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 went to Tinley Park for like oh god it was like six from like 2012 to 2017 right five years straight we went to Tinley Park every October which is a great show by the way have a great time but then in 2018 it's like well when can we go to Australia it was October it seemed to work out really well and then you know 2019 it was the same thing so it's like mm, nah sorry yeah. I don't reptile blame show, you. reptile yeah. show is not going to. Uh, no. Not going to stop Australia. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah. So I want to go to Australia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to look at maybe next year. Well, yeah, I think as long as everything in the world sort of stays somewhat, somewhat. <laughs> Not World War Three. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, you know. Yeah, I mean, if World War Three doesn't erupt. Yeah. Yeah. This year is this year. My 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 big spending is going to the wedding. Unfortunately, well, fortunately. Yeah. But uh. <laughs> no Australia trip. Nice. Uh, she didn't hear me. We're good. If I. Yeah, Australia's. You know, I I I stumbled upon 
So here's one thing people were asking me about. I got a couple of messages about, um, I talk about this sometimes, but my notes. And I thought, like, when I get into a species, I want to, I, I just wanted to real quick, if you guys don't care, just show people kind of like my process. Um, I'll share it on the screen for people that are listening, which by the way, I couldn't upload. Um, I could not upload last week's episode because it won't let me download it for some reason. Um, so you got, if you want to listen to episode 50 with me, and Riley, you got to go to uh, uh, watch it on YouTube. But anyway, like I'll take a species and this is kind of going off of like uh, um, uh, Dr. Loafman's approach, right? So like I'll take a species and I sort of get, you know, like taxonomy, stuff like that, common names, distribution, some of the island locales, where they are. So I kind of have an idea of what it is, what it's like. There you got like, um, you know, just description of how it looks behavior habitat that's all the weather spark stuff that you know i have in there um the different bloodlines that are that are in the hobby at least here in the u.s some of the history on it so i kind of have it together then i sort of like any book that i have that has information on said species i kind of scan it in so that i can just sort of reference it if need be I see anything YouTube wise, um, I'll go on there, some papers, more books. There's the complete carpet Python stuff. If I stumble upon like weird looking carpet, well, this one is about Darwin carpet. So if I stumble upon anything that sort of catches my eye, I sort of will put it in this weird, like this one. Holy shit. That's cool. Right. Funky. (laughs) Isn't that cool? (laughs) Right. Um, that one, kind of has like a calico kind of look obviously that's reduced pattern what the morphs are then i'll go and i'll put some uh, wild darwin carpets where they're from you know just um different stuff like that i usually put a map with it so i kind of have an idea um i go to um, yeah right i go to yes i did like the podcast with the veranids excellent um I go to, uh, you know, um, iHerb, no, iHerb, iNaturalist, and I look up the said species and kind of get an idea of, like, where they are, put them in there. Like, look at that big boy climbing that thing. Um, <laughs> then Ooh. I've stumbled upon Darwin's um, snake catchers on Facebook. They have a page, and it's probably, like, one of my favorites, um, but just, like, different things that are on there here poor carpet ate a cane toad did it in you know here the carpet ate somebody's dog or cat or no uh, black rat black rat that's what it was there you look at that beauty that's nice in in your car look at that snake holy shit look at the size of this in the so I was under the impression that Darwin carpets were not really that, um, like, as what's the word? I, um, like, all over the place, sort of like coastal carpets are, like in Brisbane or something like that. But uh, apparently, yeah, they're all in people's houses and garages and bathrooms and um, <laughs> trash yeah, cans. That's the dream. <laughs> Sheds. <man. laughs> um, this one ate a cane toad. 
and they nursed it back to health. I don't know if it survived or not, but like somehow, like, yeah, right out on your back porch, uh, there's two males combating on the back porch, you know? Um, then I got papers, just all the different papers on the Darwin carpets or anything I see as as far as that goes. Um, and then my group and then notes on it, but, um, yeah, I don't know. So I, I kind of keep like all the information that I have on whatever species that I'm into and just one notes in my notes app and just add to it as time goes by. That's awesome, Um, man. Yeah. Um, it's just a good way. Like, you know, if you're like, I'm at work or something, I just sort of like, will you know, go in and read a little bit and refresh my name and stuff, but check out if you're into like, uh, you know, if you want to see some cool species in the Northern territory, check out Darwin snake catchers, uh, Facebook page. It's very cool. I bet you they have Instagram too, but, um, very cool. Anyway, sweet. <laughs> Sorry. Just a couple of people had asked me about that. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. It was very well organized. It was very comprehensive too. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think trying to just accumulate all your information into one spot to where you can sort of reference it. And then like, what I like to do is just kind of go through and then just write my own thoughts down or whatever. That might help yeah. you, Lucas, and your... Uh, I don't know how you do it. What your what do, well, what is your guys' approach to keeping notes like that? Do you do that? Do you you print it out? Do you do what do you what what do you do? What do you guys do? Well, in terms of Morelia stuff, it's all upstairs. It's all in here. <laughs> but uh for well, you're a lot for, younger than me and don't drink as much coffee, so your brain cells <laughs> are probably much better. <laughs> no, trust me, they're not. Well, <laughs> I just but for for other projects. Um, I have a, a selection of Google folders that I pile everything into. Okay. The cloud. Yeah. Okay. I think I've shared some so of that. You sort of do so. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I've seen some of that. Some cool of that. stuff. Yes. Okay. I don't, I don't have anything going right now. I think I need to change that. I mean, I, you know, if I find cool articles and things, I bookmark them. Obviously, you know, been collecting books and things and I'll save conversations with people if there's an note for later and add it to, you know, a folder in my computer for, you know, information on my animals and things like that. But I haven't really thought about taking the time to sort of put together the document um, exercise and, and truly like going through it all and understanding. Yeah. Well, I mean, just even with the, uh, with the wild carpets, right. The Darwin's in particular, um, two things stood out to me. One, I, I said, I think me and Justin were talking about it and I sort of was like asking what, where baby carpets are. Cause you don't really ever see pictures of baby carpets. And here I go to this Facebook page and like you saw in the thing, there's like baby Darwin carpets mm-hmm. just hanging out on the on a you know uh, a fence. Right. So you're kind of like, oh, okay, so it is real. You just don't know about it. You know? <laughs> and then, um, like the idea, like I said, that that carpet pythons seem to be drawn to people um, and houses and stuff like that, probably because of rodents and they sort of. And the thing I love about the Darwin snake catcher page is that they try to promote the positives of having snakes 
and yes. around your house, you know, like, uh, you know, they're like, Oh, look, it's a, uh, free rodent, uh, free rodent control, you know, that yep. right. thing, which is, right. which is just really, I love how the Australians really sort of embrace that more so than what you see in the, in the States. It seems right. like we're chopping heads off of snakes and, yeah, oh, I wish we had wild snakes around, our, like my work, dude. Take care of all the wild rats and mice in that area. That'd be a yeah. blessing. I'd be so yeah, happy right. to have natural, free pest control like that. Hell yeah, yeah. But it would be sick. But yeah, um, yeah. So uh, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. But <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome, man. Do you have that for all of the species or, or was that? Well, yeah, I kind of do it. I, I'll give you a little insight into my whole. Uh, so like you'll see like species that I'm trying to like, here's gamma range, uh, water pythons, Kimberly rocks, oh, sweet centralians. Can you Ackies. share the Kimberly rock one with me? <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah 100%. Um, I got Walmart and, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it just, I don't know. I, I get into a species. I try to, you know, go like, uh, here's just give you an idea. Again, I'm just pulling stuff from, you know, same type of thing. And just as I get information, I sort of just try to compile it. And then I do that with, um, I do the same thing for like this sort of diary of carpets and stuff that I see on the internet of just various people with cool carpets and stuff, you know. Just for website. Look at that thing. Albino inland. Come on. Holy shit. I'm not much of a crosser, but anymore. But it's not shared. Oh. <laughs> I'm looking at it. You're like, you guys are like, what are you talking about? He's enjoying himself over there. <laughs> <laughs> ah. That's weird. Wow. Yeah. That's a wild inland. I like that. I like that more than the candy corn yes. colored one yes yeah i just like you know that was a nice tiger too from uh oh brendan yeah Nair. brendan meyer he's got a, a yeah. nice nice collection of tigers he's been putting together sure does yeah sure does but yeah i just do that as uh you know something i get into and I don't know, try to put it all that's together good. and that's awesome learn as much as i can we have eight species. What's he say? We have eight species wild at our place from four families. Talking about wild snakes around their place as their pest control. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Jealous. Nice. Yeah. Scott and Ty got parentes in their yard and Bricotta in their yard. Right. Diamond pythons in their yard. Right. Oh, so jealous. Uh, jealous. <laughs> I saw he had a he had another quick little video today where he's going out and checking on anything everything because of the floods and all and he just opens up this this box and there's this perenny just sitting in this box just chilling waiting for the rain to go away and i'm just like ah i just want to see it <laughs> yeah oh man that would I be would, freaking I'm, amazing dude oh i love them they're like my favorite favorite monitor hands down but I'll never yeah. have them. I just want to see one mm -hmm. or a wild one, you know, like, yeah, can you imagine yeah. that trip. Can be done. Me, Bradley. I Stimson's, mean, watching Lomas. Frank, Frank Colachico's video. Um, when they found that, that perenny on that, 
that little plateau. Right. That was insane. Like, it, oh yeah, 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 yeah. They found it, it in that like, rocky out. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like that would be an an amazing experience. Oh man, you be nuts. Yeah. You, you just don't know, man. You yeah. just don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't know. Uh, yeah, every time I'm uh, every time I'm at work and I'm in the the lace monitor enclosure, like cleaning or changing pool water or something like that, I'm in there for plenty of time, and I'll just sit there and stare at them while they stare right back at me, and they're just thinking about me. I'm like, God, it'd just be something else to see those in the wild. Yeah. A lace mod, well, we only found a dead one, but um, squished on the road. But uh, but still, you know, um, they're they're so did, smart, dude. They're they're crazy. We did find a scolaris. Scolaris. That's badass. Scolaris. Yeah, that was just <sighs> by accident. E- Eagle Eye saw it in this little, uh, you know, up on a hill. And, nice. Uh, he's like, oh, it's monitor. It's like nobody would move. We all froze. Like ah. <laughs> Yeah, because we were afraid it would just take off, you know. Yep. But, uh, very, very cool. Yeah, that'll be cool. One day. One day. Yeah. Well, next year, right? <laughs> yeah, next year. I think. I think uh, the the only compromise I'll have for this year is if everything pans out and and the uh, the misses and I do end up getting to to honeymoon in in Costa Rica, we're gonna go during like the rainy season. And there's okay. uh, where we're looking at. There's some uh, jungle tours and things like that, where they'll take you out at night, um, right? Just like see the various species of frogs and things in the the rainforest there, because it's by the 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 mountainous rainforest. So we're gonna try and do some of that. So maybe I'll get to awesome. do some herping. Now, is she into like wildlife like you know seeing wildlife and i mean i know she's a zookeeper so i'm assuming that she would but it's like she, yeah. she gets into that that's exciting for her yeah to a degree she would absolutely love to see it i mean she's not like over one person like we are with rails but like she absolutely has an appreciation for seeing it and seeing like their goes sloths and her things like you can go see a lot of cool stuff as an appreciation for right going seeing it i don't know if she'd be a hardcore like go up two in the morning herping looking for you know eyelash (laughs) vipers sort of thing like i would but right you know that's okay she uh did she did admit uh, that the geckos were cute so well there you go yeah that's what i'm saying so my wife my wife loves the blue tongue skink she (laughs) oh nice yeah they're fun yeah they are like little scaled puppy dogs, aren't they? Yeah, man. The, the cool again. I never thought in the million years that I'd have a skink. Like if you would have told me in 2012 that I've had a skink and geckos and monitors, I would say you're fucking crazy, man. I'll never have that. <laughs> and here I am. But like, I'll open that cage at the top there. He's he's in that big four footer. Oh, I can't ever do that. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> so. Seems like it would be so simple, right? That that there one right there. Anyway, you open the glass and it'll come right to the edge of the glass and just sort of, you know, stick the blue tongue out at you, mm-hmm. kind of check cool. you out, see what's going on, and you know, then just kind of goes. It's he's in heaven in that thing. It's a four foot by two, four by two. Yeah, that's perfect. They get big quick, man. Yeah. 
yeah, if they're eating really well and you're giving them a lot of a lot of protein and and the calcium and support and everything, dude, those things, yeah, they can put on some serious weight fast. Yeah, yeah. You have a northern, right? Northern, yeah. Those are cool. Those yeah. are really cool. I got it from Justin. Justin sent it to me. Uh, he's trying to, uh, you know, the first one's free. The first taste is free type of deal. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean? yeah of course. Yeah. Of course. Man, there's some people working with some cool lines of northern blue tongues that are, you know, fire orange, like bright orange. Oh, yeah. um, I know Frank Payne has some very yeah. black melanistic ones. Yeah. There's some cool stuff out there in Northerns. You know what makes me nervous about those is the breeding part of it. Like, yeah, they're like violent <laughs> from what I from what I see. It's like you know, yeah, take a leg off. <laughs> you know, they can. I, I feel like most of the time it's your typical lizard breeding where the male's chasing the female around and bites her on the neck and tries to really force her in a position. Yeah. I, I do imagine there are probably some injuries along the way, like Alan's post a couple weeks ago with the the blood from the. Um, the the Aki's breeding yeah. and kind of fighting with each other a little bit um you know all the all the videos i've seen of of like joe ball and some of the other uh bluey guys showing their breeders they talk about some of the scars and the, the messed up scales that the females will have after a breeding season so yeah lizards aren't aren't delicate that's for sure true mm -mm. <laughs> mm -mm. No. no i want more though so. I want yeah. Perperensis. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Somebody had a, a Pilbara up on Morph Market a couple months yeah. ago for like that. 500 bucks because it had like what? the most jacked up tail. It was all like kinked out and crazy from like MBD from like hatching weird. Perfectly healthy wow. monitor otherwise, but its tail looked like a freaking zigzag. You're, you you would uh, that would be the next one you would add, Lucas? I don't know. I like I I want to have more Kims because they're cool, man. I like them a lot more than the Ackies. <laughs> they're not as spazzy when when you get them in hand. They're much more tolerant yeah. of the human interaction, and they just kind of look at you. And then if you at least for mine, if you bring them out into the sun, he just like closes his eyes and enjoys and like <laughs> yes, it's cool. They're very yes. interactive. Um, but uh pilbarensis in terms of just the look would definitely be the one that i that i would want to go for um you know it's it's yeah. the bread lie monitor <laughs> yeah i messaged yeah. mike and and asked him what he's got going on with that and he said his aren't producing yet but he's working on it so yeah mm. be staying tuned well, if anybody's gonna do it it's gonna yeah. be mike you know yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah they're young i think he said yeah so yeah if I ever dip my toes further into monitors, it will be saving up for some Kingorums from Mike. Hmm. I I remember one. my I remember my first time seeing Kingorums like ten years ago or something, and I saw th this guy I worked for. He was holding onto them for a buddy of his. Some some of the leucistic kinds, and they're just like like snout to vent like that big and <laughs> with the tail they're like that long but they're just these tiny little things and i thought they were the craziest looking lizards so rob hasn't steered me wrong yet with when it comes to monitors and he swears that that should be the one i should get because he's telling me yeah because mm -hmm. he's saying to yeah. me that if i got pilbarensis 
although they're cool, he his experience has been is that they're not as chill as you know um, yeah. Kim's. Yeah, and he he just he's again just his experience of working with all these dwarf monitors through the years that he said that the the Kim's are are much better, um, but the Kingorums are just completely different than an Aki or a Kim. Mm. So you're going to get like a different, a different type of, of, uh, monitor, you know, well, yeah. good to know. So. I, I need to talk to Rob. I'd love to know why <laughs> or like what's different, think, you know, I think he's just saying like the scalation is different. Like it, I, I think of it like, uh, like almost like a, uh, um, not, not beaded scales, but that kind of, you know, like that kind of feel or whatever. They're just, they're just different. Even Mike said the same thing. Like, uh, when we were chatting with him the one time, um, he had mentioned that. So, but I don't know, man, I might get both, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. I have the bug. Yeah. At yeah. Work, I mean, because like hanging out with the black big... dragon for all my breaks. <laughs> oh yeah. <dude. laughs> yeah. You know, I really, you know, we talk about it all the time, but I really would love to have some Mertens, but you just, I mean, the commitment to that as far as space goes, is just right. like, that's just next level, man. It's almost like that's what you would have to be working with almost, you know, have a couple other things here or there, but like they would be a big chunk of my snake room, I guess, converted to lizard room, I guess it would be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But. You'd have a hard time cooling that room down. That's for sure. But I find that I don't know what what you guys feel. And it seems like our collections are sort of all going in this way where you're sort of having, you know, instead of having, you know, hundreds of the same species, you might have maybe a little less numbers, but more. Well, Riley, you've always kind of been there. And maybe Lucas, you have too. But like, I've well, I've seen you kind of evolved. You started with Bradley, right? And now you're like, indigos and kids and <laughs> yeah, i mean yeah but i i never like was just gonna do one thing i mean to be fair i started with a ball python a rosy boa and a and a brittles so <laughs> right right that's true yeah i guess but but yeah, the legs know, just... legs were not part of the plan neither for me yeah, yeah. and now i find that you know there, I the thing I like about it, right, is like I can come out during the day, and I'm going to see the monitors. The snakes are more of like the dusk or the, the you know the dawn type of thing. At night, I got the um, underwater saurus. Uh, you know they're out hunting and shit. So it's like it's you know all bases are covered. Like no matter when you would go into the into the room to check things out, you sort of have like mm -hmm. a, yeah. a nice mix. You know, yeah. I guess you get yeah. that with colubrids, right? Right. Pythons are out at night. Colubrids mm -hmm. during the day. Hundred yeah, percent. For the most part, I like having something to do more often too with the lizards. Right. You know, like you you can feed them more often, be more involved with them without overdoing it to the point right. of detriment. You know. Right. Like people that want to interact with their snake, and the only way they can think to do it is feeding. Then you have fat snake. But right, with, like a monitor go ahead give it crickets every day or whatever you know that's okay <laughs> yeah yeah very very cool yeah i well, i've i've always been a variety person i can never only have one thing i mean my first snake was a king snake and then i've done you know ball pythons boas uh, you name it 
colubrids, corns, kings again. Yeah. It's... I don't even know where I would focus if I even got into ball pythons. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't even know where to start. That's the same thing with corn snakes, man. I Gotta wouldn't get know, into like, that like, desert clown ghost hidden woma pastel uh, ice cream. <laughs> Het hippopotamus, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, ball pythons are kind of like their own anomaly. I mean, I wish there was some safe way to, it'd be really cool if there was a safe, legitimate way to get like locality ball pythons. That would be fucking cool. Like if, if, if you could get, cause there's like Togo, Ghana, Benin, sure. a couple right. areas, you know, it, I don't know if there's any real, regional phenotypic variation but if there were and there was some way to be like look, this is a uh, a togo locality this is a, a ghana locality this is a benin locality and if they had distinct looks or something about them that to me would be on the same level as like selective breeding popcorn carpets just for a natural look um sure yeah i think if, they, if something like that came to light that would be really cool. But because you have such a vast array of phenotypes that are linked to XY chromosome genes, they're kind of just different. It's like their own little yeah. sub niche community within the bigger picture. And it, it almost has its own different set of like rules and, and way of thinking and an approach, I guess. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. I can see why people like, it just depends on what you're into, you know, like if you like the, that have, you know, a hundred different colors of the same thing, like, then that's perfect, you know? Um, oh, yeah. yeah. And I think carpets kind of scratch that a little bit, you know? you got some morphs, you've got, but you've also got localities, and you've got pure and crosses, and and so you can kind of dabble a little bit everywhere in, in just a different shape and, and still have your own unique thing to what you're doing. And I, I think more people will realize that and kind of it's going to grow. And I think it'll be cool. I mean, there's so much more to still do and figure out and yeah. Yeah. With, you know, I, I think like when it comes to ball pythons, there's like some, some crazy, crazy morphs of ball pythons and Mm -hmm. beautiful, you know, uh, beautiful combos and all that stuff. And I love that. Like, it seemed like, uh, maybe, and again, I'm not really in the ball Python world, but it, my, my perception is, is that, you know, say five to 10 years ago, it was all about cramming as many morphs into a Uh snake to see what it would look like. And I remember walking around Tinley with Rob and we were just walking from table to table, looking at these things. And it seemed like they all kind of go in the same direction, right? It's just like sort of white or tan, like almost patternless looking, you know, snake. And it was like, you, you just took everything away. That was, that was cool about it. You know, I mean, and then I think that maybe people got bored of that. I don't know. I, again, I'm just a, just assuming that this was what it was. And then they seem to start to, to, to dial it back and refine, you know, I think of Kabilka and stuff like that, where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm only going to take these couple of genes and yeah. sort of refine it, you know? So it was more of a, of a refine to where you could have like, you know, just a, just a few genes and really have a beautiful, beautiful animal. But for me, yeah. like, I guess it's just nostalgic for me because when I was a kid, 
there wasn't you couldn't find ball pythons. So to me, like Burmese pythons were everywhere, but ball pythons were like hard to get, hard to keep, hard to hard to take care of, like all these things that it's just crazy to see how it's evolved. Yeah. Since like the 80s and and you know, the 90s and the 2000s and like but I remember going to like a pet shop and they had like this ball python. It was just a normal looking ball python and I just thought it was the prettiest Mm-hmm. snake i've ever seen you know I'm i mean they like, are oh my god like we're all we're all callous to it at this point and there's a whole bunch of other factors yeah. that make certain people poo poo them uh but they're they're a beautiful animal like if yeah. if they weren't what they are and you saw one for the first time you definitely i mean yeah they're, yeah they're they're cool i i hate that the that the, that the snakes sometimes get lumped in with dumb people right i mean every niche of the hobby has dumb people that do dumb things right Absolutely. but it just seems that the ball python probably the ball python part of the hobby seems to get the worst of it because there's so many people right right that's what i was gonna people. say it's a numbers game right? <laughs> you got more people you're gonna have more stupid people right and it just seems well, like it's amplified too, because more. the the whole morph game like through ball yes. pythons attracts the the dumb people that think they're gonna get rich so it's like there's two layers of things to shit on it's you're dumb to begin with and you're thinking that you're gonna build an empire and and, and be a snake millionaire so to to your point earlier eric i agree there are people looking more at refinement and and quality yeah. over over just quantity um, yes there's an individual who's been hounding my boss for years for uh, a male desert ghost clown from his particular stock. This other individual has been producing desert ghost clown combos with other genes in there that are, you know, knocking socks off of their buyers. But he wants this particular line of it because it has a cleaner look. It's a little bit different. Yes. And and so I do think that as people find themselves in this ever-growing sea of other people, they're finding that in order to stand out or diversify it's not just about defining yourself around one or two genes and building projects it's about that and having an attention to detail and quality i remember years ago learning about some line of pastel and i could i couldn't tell you the name of it right but i remember when albie's I was first- two cool reptiles albie's two cool reptiles pastel because they talked about it on reptile radio and it was like if you wanted a pastel that was the guy you had to get something like that. Yeah. Like, and I remember seeing it in person. I remember seeing it in person compared to just, you know, pick a pastel off the table somewhere else in the show. And, and it was a remarkable difference. And I, and I remember thinking about, wow, that's, that's a unique approach to this species that you don't see is somebody is refining just that one basic gene. It's a foundational gene that just gets thrown into everything to add a little more color. People don't think twice about it. But there are such a thing as an ugly, two-toned, browned out, not bright looking pastel that could actually detract from that. And so I think, I think the people that have that mentality are going to add that next layer to the ball python market. I, I was listening to Justin and Jacob talk about it. They're like, what's the end game for that market? And that's a great question. There is no end game because there's so many genes. It's kind of limitless. But in reality, what's everyone going towards? It, it might eventually right. hit ahead, but I think, you know, let's say statistically, if there's a finite number of genes, there's a finite number of combinations, there's a finite number of 
of outcomes, eventually they'll hit a, a head. So what's left? It's refinement. It's the line breeding. So I think the people that are onto that are, are taking that. And who's to say that they didn't pick that mentality up from these years of trying to find some other species to keep on the side or talking with other people or, or bumping right. shoulders with people in other communities. Right. This is what I'm loving about the whole, like stepping outside of your comfort zone, like, you know, mm-hmm. jumping into the gecko world, the monitor world, the yeah. blue tongue skink world, the, you know, uh, whatever it would be colubrid world for, you know, you guys and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But mm-hmm. like when you're, when you're, you're looking at different ways of looking at it. So like for us as carpet people at heart, right, we are already trying to refine the the things. And maybe it comes from the fact that when carpet pythons really were in the States, really the only thing you could do is really do that kind of selective breeding, right? You look at uh, Borneos are kind of the same way. Like, you know, Keith, when he's breeding Borneos back in the day, he's sort of looking at this look and saying, oh, I wonder if I can refine that, looking at this look and seeing if he can refine that. And then, like, I think, I think, you know, whereas, like, where ball pythons, where there's so many different morphs, like, I mean, you know, I mean, it was like 2009, there's 80 different morphs. And now, who knows? I have no idea. I imagine there's even more 4, than that. 4,000 or more. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. Just base morphs, you know? You're just like, what the hell? It's just overwhelming. But, like, (laughs) you're so worried about trying to – and I think the carpet people did this, too, when when we started getting more and more morphs that were coming in. It was just a matter of producing something to see what it looked like. What mm-hmm. does an exanic granite look like? Because we've never seen it. Let's right. let's breed and see what I, happens. I definitely get the allure of that, you yeah. know, because yeah. nobody knows, you know. Yeah. That, right. There's an element of the scientific, like, brain sure. in that. Like, yeah, 100%. A yearning to know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's like you're sort of, you know, you're, we're, we're, our mindset is, is like, we, you know, we were already refining it. And Nick, like when Nick was sort of like mentoring me and giving me advice on, on car, that's what he would always say, you know, like, he's like, you know, you know, when you're breeding these crazy morphs, Eric, that you're getting focus on trying to breed it with the best example. Like you're worried about like, so say I have a hypo, right? So I have a hypo. What does that gene do? And it takes out the black. So you're not going to breed it with an animal that has a ton of black. You're going to look for an animal. You're going to look for a coastal carpet that has like, you know, maybe a little less bit of black, you know, Mm -hmm. or whatever that would be. If you're breeding something that's, you know, you want more yellow, you're not going to breed it with a black snake. You're going to, you know what I mean? You see, it's kind of like thinking about that. Whereas I think with a lot of, you know, maybe just because of the, again, you're talking numbers, right? People are just putting a ball python to get that, bumblebee we're going way back in the day right it's like pastel spider i'm gonna make a bumblebee i don't really care so much what the pastel looks like or the spider looks like i just want to see what this bumblebee looks like and it's like oh i wonder what it looks like with exanic i wonder what it looks like with this i wonder what it looks like with that and next thing you know you're sort of like you have all these different combos and then uh, ball pythons look awesome when they hatch out right that's when they look their best right so you got people posting up pictures and everybody's trying to chase that thing and it's good to see now that they're sort of taking a step back. And, and to your point, Riley, maybe they are. They do have a couple of, uh, you know, oddball species where there is sort of some refinement going yeah. on. And now you're exposed to like, oh, shit. So, like, I could have a line of pastels that are going to be like people are going to be knocking down my door to do that. Mm-hmm. Because in order to make the crazy, crazy bumblebee, 
you know, you need this pastel in order to do that. I think yeah. Kevin from Nerd had some things like that where he, he does. had like very specific. Yeah. Even though it was the same type of gene, it, it's yeah. very specific to, mm -hmm. to what it was. So. Yeah. And and speaking of people like Kevin, I, I think he's a great example as to maybe why we're seeing this shift of people that have always kind of been in that mainstream lane starting to branch out. Because think about it. Kevin works with a ton of species. Barcheck over the last 20 years has gone from like ball pythons and colubrids on mass production to a whole reptile zoo with a plethora of species, right? So he's, right. he's putting a plethora of species in front of people. And then Justin Kobilka, his business has grown and he's doing a whole room with like bolins and monkey tails and all these other different things. So he's not only exploring new species, but he's showing other people as he's doing this. And so right. millions and millions of people that are following folks like them and Miguel Garga, Miguel Garcia from Always Evolving Pythons and like these big names that maybe they're not Morelia people and maybe we don't agree with like all the YouTube and, and everything that they do in a huge sure. popular way. But but those guys are kind of like a gateway drug sort of yeah, <laughs> like the 100%. gateway drug dealers for for reptiles and yeah. and. And to be completely honest, they're all super nice people. So, um, yeah, no, you're, but you're yeah, it's right. It's, it's interesting to think about how, like, um, we think it's an unprecedented shift in change and people starting to look into, um, these other things, but, you know, looking back at it, the writing is kind of on the wall. Um, so it's, it's kind of neat to see we we've got a new opportunity. It's like a resurgence in interest. I can't tell you how many people are starting to come into the shop looking for carpets. We've got some, some brettles in there from, from Lucas and other, another vendor as well. You know, I've got a jungle in there. We've got a coastal in there from Travis. And, and so I, I, I'm starting to get a few more inquiries here and there from people who are acknowledging them. So I think, I think we're at, I mean, at a good point in point in time for for carpets. They are the best snakes. I mean, come on. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. I, mean, I couldn't agree more. I, I've been saying it for years. Well, so have I. Quiet you. Yeah. Get out of here, Centralian exotics. <laughs> are you going to the corner for timeout? <laughs> we're gonna brand you Aspidites exotics. Well, it's, well, yeah. I mean, I was going more with the. Bread Indigo? lies superior Morelia angle, but uh, uh, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, see, you don't consider them carpets. I consider them carpets. Okay, I know that they're separate, but to me, they're they're there's they're in then that. All shut you know. up. Well, <laughs> so there. What's in a name, right? That term carpet is just a. It's not even a common name, right? It's like a, it's like less than a common name. It's like some a, dude was right. like, "Hey, that looks like a rug." Yeah, it's like a it's like a conceptualization of an entire group of animals based yeah. on a pattern, you know, that looked and reminded him of something. But yeah, so like when people say diamonds aren't carpets and brettles aren't carpets, I'm like, right. I get what, your point. What else do you call them? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure. A, a but, tropical but, Australian python? Like, with prehensile. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I guess I get the whole, you know, scientifically, they're not the, well, the same, you know. I mean, yeah. They, I mean, that's just sister species or whatever, but, you know. Right, yeah. That's just yeah. splitting hairs I love beyond. Them all together. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I guess that's fair. Like, maybe, maybe we could say bread lie can be a carpet but they're not a spilota sure 
Well, I guess the implication is, does it being a a Spilota, is that a requirement to call something a carpet? Right. That is, that is a question, (laughs) but also who who cares? Yeah, really? (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I call it like the carpet Python complex. Right. You know what I mean? That's how I call it. You know, the carpet Python complex, because you could say the same thing about Imbricata, but they're still called Southwestern carpets. Right. That's the kind of, at the end of the day, it's all just, yeah, for sure. At the end of the day, I still need more of them. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You know, I've always, I've always tried to, uh, you know, just explain why I love them so much. And like, I'm glad that the, the sort of, the the tides have changed as far as like people thinking that like i mean i guess you guys know but like when we started npr it was oh my god they have to have 80 percent humidity oh my god they have to have you know like they have to have a six foot high cage because they have to you know what i mean like just Otherwise, oh my god you got here and it's gonna the shit out of you you know <laughs> it's like they never will eat right and they you know blah 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 and it's like oh man that is so not true because if we were living in Australia, they would be living in your room anyway. <laughs> like, you know in, what I mean? In they your roof. <laughs> right, exactly. So yeah. like keeping them in a cage in the room that they would be in the roof is probably not that. Uh, yeah. I had somebody come on one of my, that TikTok video that's still going around with 2.3 million videos or 2.3 million views. Somebody commented like, they're not supposed to be captive. I was like, <laughs> right. But, he was he literally exists because of his parents that are in cat like he wouldn't have existed he only knows human care he 100% belongs in captivity in fact it would be awful to put him out in the wild that would be a death sentence right. but and then i go and right. look on this guy's page and he's got a tiny little teacup chihuahua and some other foofy little white dog i'm like pot calling the kettle black you're going to try and tell me that peta get out of here well, that's what I was going to say. That's, that's just a, that's a animal rights mindset that you're not yeah, going to be able to silly. change. Yeah. That's yeah, just silly. Right? Nor should it, you know, it's not worth the energy to try. <laughs> no, no. Because <laughs> no, you're not no. going to change somebody's mind. You know, no, you're no. not going to change. I mean, d- mind, yeah, so. despite the, the hypocrisy yeah. that I'm sure you could find in every corner of their existence. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, the cool thing is, is I think snakes and reptiles in general have definitely become a mainstream thing. Mm-hmm. Athletes, musicians, yeah. actors, a lot of Jeez, high normal prof- dudes. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of high-profile individuals. You know, you'll see Betty them. White. Yeah, Betty White. yeah, All that was huge. Yeah, yeah. There, that was weird. Yeah, she, when she died, I saw more pictures of her with snakes than in movies. But that's yeah. probably more just a reflection of my feed. But <laughs> well, but those were also some of her most iconic photos. Yeah, yeah. Because for the normal person, it's a shock photo to see her with a big boa constrictor. For right. our subculture, it's like one of us, one of us. And right, we, and then but then it's that. still so disappointing when there's a news story that comes out 15 minutes from my house. Somebody takes a picture of a ball python mm. in the grass, and the headlines mm-hmm. like giant red tail boa on the loose <laughs> like, yeah. don't yeah. worry it's not deadly like <laughs> right i i i love the fact that you know 10 years ago i wouldn't have anybody ask me about snakes and now i'm known at work as the snake guy mm-hmm. so like if somebody 
has a question about a snake or whatever, they'll come and they'll ask me and like, you know, sometimes it blows their mind because I guess because I'm the boss or whatever. to your point, Riley, right? They're, they're looking at me at like the boss and they're like, he keeps snakes. Whoa, that's 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 pretty cool. <laughs> you know, the boss can't be cool. Like, what the hell? Like, yeah. I have all these different snakes and they're just like, really? But the question that drives me nuts every time, do you just like let them roam around your head? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, they're not a dog. <laughs> like, no, there's only yeah. one animal that roams around my house. That's, you know, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah reptiles are definitely becoming, becoming much more mainstream. Like you're finding a lot of households with reptiles, like a significant chunk of the yeah. population. So, so what we will say is that if you do keep reptiles and you're not a member of US Ark, you should Boom. definitely go and join US Ark because they are fighting for our rights to keep these animals. Because yeah. currently, uh, well, I don't know how the landscape is going to change now. Do you think it's going to get worse or that's just going to get pushed to the side because of all the craziness? Uh, oh, yeah, it's a good question. I think the next couple of weeks uh, will we'll paint a yeah. bit. <laughs> I don't think anything's going to happen overnight one way or the other. I think uh, the the global events are going to take precedent, but the local stuff isn't going to stop. And that local stuff, I mean, I remember the last time they hold, they did the, the Lacey Act stuff, it, it like sort of went through its stages, it passed, and there was the appeals, and there was the temporary like ruling for the states it affected, and, and then it kind of was in this weird gray area for a year and a half, and then it went back to appeals court and then five years after the initial ruling, it's like redacted and changed. So like, you know, just cause one thing is, is defined as this is potentially is going to happen. Like it, it takes time and that doesn't necessarily mean it's yeah. going to happen. And then once it does, it doesn't necessarily mean it's permanent and things can change and there's always appeals processes. And so you know, anybody who's got that um, doom and gloom stuck in their head, um, I feel you, I feel you. It's overwhelming. I remember feeling that, the last time the Lacey Act stuff happened. And I don't, I don't even keep berms and retics and whatnot, but I, I do yeah. feel, feel that, but having gone through that and seen it and learned more a little about the legislation and how the law enforcement works with it. Um, I'm much more positively encouraged than I am pessimistic and discouraged, especially at this juncture because of how many people are talking about the American competes act and how many people are talking about us arc and how much, support this community is getting right now and rallying behind it and I, mm -hmm. I just think i think we're looking good i think we're we're showing up right now and and it's not done so yeah keep it up yeah. mm -hmm. definitely be become a member if you do the the looks tier it's a month like 60 dollars a year it'll auto draft right out of your account you don't even have to do anything it's really easy um yeah man. well worth it yeah and and i said it in carpets and coffee but i think it's great when people do like live streams and get super chats and donate it to us arc and do auctions and donate to us arc. But if you're not a member, you got to change that because the membership number, the volume of people is a more significant number yes. than just the money going to keep them, you know, afloat. They're both important, but the number think about from a court's perspective from a, if they're looking at a lobbying group, if the lobbying group has a thousand people, but it's got a million dollar budget, that doesn't mean as much as a, a lobbying group that has a million dollar or a million uh, 
individual constituents base regardless of its budget that's that's a lot more significant because these people want re-election they want to keep their jobs they want to keep doing what they're doing so if they feel like they have to listen to a large percentage of their constituency they will and if that happens to be the reptile group then that's that's a tool in our toolbox so just get the numbers up sign up become a member voice it spread the word 100 yep 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 and i'm giving away yeah lucas has an awesome giveaway Um, so if you do donate or become a member screenshot that uh check out my instagram and you can enter to win uh 300 centralian exotic store credit (laughs) valid forever (laughs) so if you don't want brettles hopefully i can make something you do like in the future and you can save that baby but yeah check out my instagram centralian exotics for uh how to enter with that i'm gonna announce when i'm gonna actually pick somebody later but yeah plenty of time to to keep entering shit and you could save that for one of those ce womas down the line oh, man. Yeah. Black head or some yakis i don't know oh, i'm telling you <laughs> CE Womas are going to be the shit 10 years from now. We're going to be like, God damn. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah, you, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling I appreciate you, man, the support. <laughs> you, you're, oh, shit. If you don't have a CE Woman in your, in your arsenal of animals, forget it. You know, and blackheads too, you know, but those Womas, that orange belly, holy shit, man. Dude, that, that thing was insane in oh, person. Oh, my God. I tried to capture that as best we could. On that was some natural light coming in through the oh, window in there, and it was dude. like looking at the lens and then looking at the snake was pretty close. But I'm telling you, man, it's better in person. I'd show you right that one. Bite me. <laughs> that woman is the equivalent to my citrus tiger. Like I've had mm-hmm. all these different citrus tigers, whatever. But my one main girl, she is the yeah. shit. There is no better snake than her, you know. And or those M Pen coastals that I have just amazing but holy shit man yes he is a awesome. special one his growth rate is like a lot higher than the other woman's i have with the same food input too he's he likes he likes to grow <laughs> you want an orange aspidites ce's the way to go you want a black and white aspidites ce's the way to go you want you know a, a black and orange aspidites don't don't jinx me i'm a lot of years away <laughs> he'll be like damn you <laughs> Oh but, no. Yeah. So yeah, all cool. Uh for us, MoreliPythonRadio.com. Check it out. Info at Morelli Python Radio. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us. I will say this little uh thing real quick. I don't really go to my EB Morelia Facebook page. I don't really go to the NPR Facebook page anymore. I don't go to Facebook really all that much anymore. So if you want to get in touch with me, just please direct message me like Eric Burke on like Facebook Messenger or send me an email at info at Python Radio. But uh, I went in there the other day and I had like, I don't know, 27 messages. And I'm like, <laughs> oops. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm that one. So. Oh, man. All righty. Very well, good. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all know where to right. find me. I'm easy. That's right. Let's jump out. Catch y'all next week. See you. Bye.